This e-viral hepatitis review podcast is presented by TKB Med Radio. Combination therapy targeting multiple steps in the viral life cycle has successfully cured hepatitis C and controls HIV. So we expect that for hepatitis B, it won't be any different. HBV, a research update. Welcome to eViral Hepatitis Review. For individuals infected with hepatitis B, the search for a cure continues. Where is the newer data leading us? How much has our knowledge expanded? What might we expect to happen next? That's what we're here to talk about today with Dr. Marion Peters from Northwestern University. For Dr. Peters' disclosures and additional CME information, please go to our website, eviralhepatitisreview.org, and click on the Volume 7, Issue 6 link. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of eViral Hepatitis Review. Dr. Peters, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. Our learning objective is to describe the challenges researchers currently face in developing new hepatitis B treatments. You addressed some of that in your recent eViral Hepatitis Review newsletter issue, Dr. Peters, where you pointed out that there are two mechanisms to combat the hepatitis B virus. One is to target parts of its life cycle. The other is to augment the host's immune system. Let's start out with the HBV life cycle. Can you give us a simplified walkthrough, please? Hepatitis B is a partially double-stranded DNA virus where the hepatitis B surface antigen is its envelope protein. And its life cycle is complicated and includes many different steps, which can be potential targets for therapy. First, there's viral entry. Then the surface protein uncoats. It's transported to the nucleus, transcription, nuclear capsid assembly into new virions, and then secretion of these virions from the hepatocyte. And as I said, each step is really a potential target for drug therapy. So the hepatitis B enters from the bloodstream into the hepatocyte via its own specific receptor called NTCP sodium tyrocholate co-transporting receptor, polypeptide. And after binding to its receptor, it's endocytosed into the cytoplasm, released, uncoats, goes to the nucleus. And this is where a very important step occurs where the host or the human machinery turns the partially double-stranded DNA virus into a complete closed circular DNA. And that covalently closed circular DNA is called CCC DNA, and it's the template for transcription of viruses. This CCC DNA lives in the nucleus as a mini chromosome. So it is joined with hepatitis B core protein and also host protein. So it sits in the nucleus and it is not eradicated when patients are cured of hepatitis B. And that's very important to know. First, that it's the template. It makes all the proteins that are required for virion production. And second, that we can't eradicate it as yet. So once the transcription occurs, the mRNA then transcribes into pregenomic mRNA, which is the long mRNA that ultimately forms 
the virion. There's a nuclear capsid with core protein and inside the polymerase. And there are also other proteins that make subviral particles that you already know about, E-antigen and surface antigen. When you make the nuclear capsid, it goes to the Golgi and the endoplasmic reticulum where it's coated with the surface antigen and secreted. But some of the virions aren't secreted. They actually surface back, track back into the nucleus to replenish CCC DNA. Another important point to note is that for every virion that is made, at least 100 times more surface antigen is being made as this subviral particles that are secreted into the serum. So if you look in the serum of a patient, there are many, many, many small surface antigen spheres at 22 nanometers compared to the 44 nanometer virion. Okay, now, as we're having this discussion, it's the spring of 2020. At this present time, which investigation into which part of the HBV life cycle do you see as most promising? Uh, promising in the sense of creating a cure for patients infected with hepatitis B. Well, that's a challenging question because it changes every month or two in that there are over 40 different drugs at present being evaluated in preclinical phase one and phase two and phase three studies. But I think the most promising ones in terms of antivirals, small molecules, core protein inhibitors. They come in different names, but they're basically inhibitors of assembly of core proteins, and they're given orally, and a number of them are in phase two studies. Some of them have actually failed because of toxicity. They tend to give a three-log decrease in virus. So if patients have a very, very high viral load, this will be modest on their own. The second most interesting, I think, is the RNA interfering agents, either small interfering RNAs, siRNAs, or long non-coding RNA interference, lnRNA. And both of these are given parenterally, which is a negative for patients. And these are very potent drugs and I think will be very successful in the future, which one, of course, is a different question. And the other two I'd like to mention is entry inhibitors, which cannot be used on their own because they only inhibit entry into a new hepatocyte. They don't get rid of the virus in infected hepatocytes. And secretion inhibitors, which decrease surface antigen. And we think that surface antigen has a potent suppressive effect on the immune system, and they may be very helpful in combination therapy. Thank you, Dr. Peters. Let's turn now to the other research pathway, augmenting the host's immune system. Can you give us a brief overview of what's going on in those investigations? Yes. It's very clear that hepatitis B is cleared by host immune responses. So patients who've had hepatitis B but have cleared the virus from their blood have very strong anti-hepatitis B responses. 
Whereas patients with chronic hepatitis B have dysfunctional hepatitis B immune responses. So they are either weakened or they have responses that are exhausted. So the T cells are just not functional. So many of the targets for immune modulation have been looking at augmenting or turning on those exhausted T cells. One is checkpoint inhibitors that have been used in cancers and anti-PD-1 or anti-PDL1 and have given some exciting, very, very preliminary data in studies so far. The second is toll-like receptors, which induce the innate immune system and also can reverse T-cell exhaustion. The third large group is therapeutic vaccines, which hoped to induce hepatitis B-specific T-cell responses and so far have not been highly successful. There are other ways of inducing T-cell responses like T-cell immunotherapy or giving cytokines. Now, everybody's aware that interferon is a cytokine and it's been used successfully in patients with hepatitis B, but other cytokines are being studied as well. Uh, Once again, doctor, here and now, in the spring of 2020, which investigations do you see as the most promising? As of today, I think the most promising immune modulators are those that reverse T-cell exhaustion. So they would be the checkpoint inhibitors and the toll-like receptors. However, T-cell engineering is promising, but I don't think we'll have wide acceptability because of the difficulty of engineering the T-cells. And vaccinations so far have not been highly successful. I think it's important to note that immune modulators don't do much on their own, but in combination with direct-acting antiviral could help push the patient's own immune system into clearing the virus. One of the most interesting articles you reviewed in your newsletter issue, doctor, was a 2020 publication by Dushenko. Dushenko. Dushiko. Thank you, doctor. The Dushiko article asked whether attacking multiple steps in the viral life cycle would be necessary in order to achieve a complete cure. Review that research for us, if you would, please, Dr. Peters, and give us your opinion on it. I think it's a very interesting article and highlights that combination therapy is highly likely to be required. Remember that combination therapy targeting multiple steps in the viral life cycle has successfully cured hepatitis C and controls HIV. So we expect that for hepatitis B, it won't be any different. I've gone through the multiple steps in the viral life cycle of hepatitis B, and you can see if you compare it with HIV or hep C, that using inhibitors of entry, core, RNA, surface antigen secretion will really augment the chance to clear the virus. One drug alone will not be enough. Now, which drug? That's a question that we actually can't answer at this time and which set of drugs we can't answer. And as I said before, 
immune modulators will have a role in augmenting our direct-acting antivirals, in my opinion. Thank you, Dr. Peters. I've got one last question for you, and it involves a little time traveling. I'm going to ask you to look into the future for us. Clinicians who are treating patients with hepatitis B infection, what options might they expect to have in the relatively near future? So I've talked about combination therapy, which I think will be standard. But also, drugs may be tailored to the phase of the patient's infection, whether they have extremely high viral load or very low viral load, whether they have severe or active disease, or whether they have mild disease. Certain drugs may be suitable for certain phases of infection. And at present, all drugs are being tested in a variety of patient populations, and we don't have data on that yet. And lastly, I want to emphasize that even if we cure the patient of hepatitis B, that is, there's no surface antigen in the serum, they have normal liver enzymes, they have normal livers, they still have CCC DNA in the nucleus. And that could reactivate under certain circumstances. So a virologic cure is not in the near future. And a virologic cure is getting rid of CCC DNA from the hepatocyte. Thank you for sharing your insights, Dr. Peters. Let's wrap things up now by summarizing the key points of today's discussion. Describe the challenges researchers currently face in developing new hepatitis B treatments. That's our learning objective. What's most important for our listeners to understand? Firstly, that hepatitis B is a very complex virus with a complex life cycle. Secondly, that there are many different phases of chronic hepatitis B that clinicians need to be aware of. Thirdly, that functional cure will likely require combination therapy of multiple targets against various mechanisms of action of direct-acting antivirals with or without immune modulators. And lastly, treatment may be different for different patients depending on the phase of their infection and how much virus they actually have in their serum. Dr. Marion Peters from Northwestern University, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you very much for allowing me to discuss this with you today. For eViral Hepatitis Review, I'm Bob Busker. To receive CME credit for this activity, please take the post-test at eviralhep.dkbmed.com. Eviral Hepatitis Review is supported by an educational grant from Gilead Sciences Incorporated. The opinions and recommendations expressed by faculty and other experts whose input is included in this program are their own. This enduring material is produced for educational purposes only. E-Viral Hepatitis Review is copyright with all rights reserved by DKB Med, LLC. Thank you for listening.